Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. The Waco History Podcast is sponsored by Brotherwell Brewing on Historic Bridge Street in Waco. Welcome to the Waco History Podcast. We're going to air for you over the next few months a special series of Waco History Living Stories. Uh, These were segments that originally aired on KWBU here in Waco. Uh, They were produced by the Institute for Oral History editor, Michelle Holland, and narrated by two fabulous narrators, uh, Louis Mazze and Kim Patterson. And so these highlight oral histories from the collection of the Institute for Oral History at Baylor University, which I direct, which has been around since 1970 and has over a thousand interviews related to Waco and McLennan County history. And we're happy to highlight those here. Although we don't use the term anymore, this Living Stories featurette for Waco history will talk about hobos, uh, folks riding the rails looking for work uh, up before and through the Great Depression. Then the night came alive with gunfire. This is Living Stories, featuring voices from the collections of the Baylor University Institute for Oral History. I'm Louis Mazé. The origins of Americans riding the rails in search of work trace back to shortly after the Civil War, when ex-soldiers and others sought work on the frontier. Their numbers rose sharply during the Great Depression, when jobs and money were scarce. These hobos became common sites in transportation hubs like Waco. Charles and Ruth Armstrong, both longtime Waco residents, explained their impressions of hobos during the 30s. Most of them was good people. Mm-hmm. They was kind of like a homeless. They wasn't out hurting anybody. Mm-hmm. At that time, see, it wasn't anything unusual. I mean, everybody was in about the same boat. See, they called them hobos everybody regardless. Everybody was having a hard time. Mm-hmm. Some of them was hobos mm-hmm. all they wanted to be, kind of like homeless. Mm-hmm. Some of them, mm-hmm. And some of them was traveling south to get out of the cold or mm-hmm. get them a job. Mr. Armstrong describes how hobos communicated with each other. Uh-huh. And what they do, they'd venture off from the tracks down there and come to the neighborhood and come to your house and knock on the door and say, I'm going to so-and-so up and catch a train down here and say, I need something to eat. And mm-hmm. Mama never turned on by down. They'd go down far as they could. And what they'd do, they'd, they'd mark, they'd have some chalk or an old chalk rock. They'd mark a spot on a house, you know, mm-hmm. on not on a house but on a curb, if they had a curb or a sidewalk. And as they'd go back, they, they'd keep it marked, and these guys would come in, mm-hmm. and, and they'd know where to go get something to eat. They'd know that woman there or a man could feed them, mm-hmm. and, and they'd, mm-hmm. they'd, they'd keep it marked. And one guy might feed the 10 or 12 guys a month, and mm-hmm. and then uh, and the way else would never get, they'd go to the house, and they didn't get anything, they wouldn't, mm-hmm. they wouldn't mark him or put a zero or something there. The way families treated hobos made strong impressions on their children, as Waco philanthropist Bernard Rappaport recalls. We lived by the railroad tracks, you know, in the airport. And these hobos, in the, third, at the 29, 30s, you know, every third, hobos would come to buy the house 
And Mama would give them a peanut butter sandwich. And one day I said to Mama, I mean, I said, Mama, some of these people don't deserve that sandwich. She says, it's better to feed all than to miss one that needs. Now, I mean, I, she imbued that kind of philosophy within me. And so if somebody needs help and I help them, and they fool me and, and I lose, that doesn't discourage me. I know that I think, well, the next guy won't do that. Although the railroad industry has dramatically changed since the 30s with faster trains and fewer lines, hobos still exist, although the stringent security measures put in place after 9-11 nearly wiped out the practice. The current economy has seen hobos on the rise again, but to a tiny fraction of the estimated one and a half million men, women, and children who rode the rails during the darkest days of the Great Depression. For more information about this program or the Institute for Oral History, visit us at baylor.edu slash livingstories. Thanks for listening to the Waco History Podcast. Like what you heard? Subscribe, rate, and review our show on iTunes so we can reach more listeners. You can find show notes and info on every episode at wacohistorypodcast.com and more info on Waco's past at wacohistory.org. Our theme music, used with permission, is Cross the Brazos at Waco, performed by the late Billy Walker. For more info on Billy's music, go to billywalker.com. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. This has been a Rogue Media Podcast.